All right. Well, Lily just looked at the uh, screen behind me and she said, "Didn't weren't we doing that about three years ago? Um, Good point, Lily. <laughs> well, actually, we are going back to something that we began last year, I believe. Not Maybe not three years ago. Um, so we started last year going through the Gospel of Matthew um, with the... I guess with the the hope of really meeting Jesus in a fresh way as we did that. And we only got up to the end of chapter seven. So we're sort of picking it up again at the beginning of chapter eight. And we're not going to, we won't get all the way to the end in this series. We'll just do a few chapters and then off to something else and then back. But I was thinking about um, this idea of re-meeting Jesus. And actually, I think every time we pick up the Bible, there's the opportunity to re-meet Jesus because he's alive. And because it's a living book. And I think every time we go there, we can actually encounter Jesus in a fresh way. So we started off at the beginning of Matthew and we looked at, you know, the first four chapters as kind of the beginnings of Jesus' life, his birth, and then his baptism, the intense period of temptation that he went through, and then him starting his public ministry of gathering disciples proclaiming the good news that God's kingdom is for the here and the now as well as as coming in the future. Um, And he starts demonstrating that as well, healing people, driving out demons um, and really introducing people to the Father. And then chapter 5 to chapter 7, which is what we did this year, um, Jesus goes up on the mountain and he gathers his His disciples all come with him and he does this huge download of teaching, which we call the Sermon on the Mount. And he, in that, in that, that sermon, which might be a a amalgamation of sermons, he, um, he really spells out what, what life in this whole new way of knowing God is about, what life in the kingdom is about, about knowing the father knowing that you're cared for and therefore being able to love enemies and live wildly generous lives and live free from worry and enter into um, the fullness of purpose that God has for your life. Um, So so we had that sort of chapter 5 to chapter 7 as the Sermon on the Mount and now we're sort of looking at chapter 8 to chapter 10 which I'm calling Jesus Among the People. Um, I don't know if you can think about a time when you've learnt a skill. I was thinking about uh, lockdown last year when I started learning how to make sourdough. And I remember when I first got into it, I had a conversation with Alina and she gave me this massive download of all this information about, well, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to be careful of this and, and make sure you don't do that and make sure you watch this guy's YouTube videos because, you know, you'll get all this information. And anyway, it was so much information that she gave me that I was quite overwhelmed afterwards. Um, so then after that, I was like, okay, I think I really need to watch some demonstrations of how to make sourdough. So I found a bunch of YouTube videos, which I watched. No, not the ones you sent me. So other other shorter ones. <laughs> um, and I watched some of those demonstrations. And then I actually just had to give it a go and learn from my own experience and my own mistakes. And then as I was doing that, some of all that detailed information that Alina told me made sense. And I think, you know, whatever skill you're learning, whether you're um, learning how to abseil or whether you're learning how to, whether you're training to be a nurse 
or whether you're um, learning graphic design or um, training for any profession, I think there's kind of this progression that we go through where, you know, you get, you do some theory and then you watch someone doing whatever it is you're learning to do. Um, I guess I was thinking about Victor and thinking, so he probably, when he was doing his nursing training, did a whole bunch of theory about the body and all the science. And then he would watch someone in how to give an injection or dress a wound. And then they would have to also learn how to do it themselves, practice it themselves. Um, and so I think, you know, we sort of, there's, this, there's a theory, there's a demonstration, and then there's a practice. And I think that's what Jesus is doing here. There's the Sermon on the Mount, which was all this, all this theory, if you like, about how to live in the kingdom and how to live this new life that God is offering. And then we see Jesus demonstrating that. We see him coming down and his disciples follow him. And that's what we're going to start reading today. And he, he demonstrates how to do all the stuff he talked about. So we see Jesus interacting with enemies and we see Jesus um, going into really risky situations and we see him trusting in the care of the father. And then, you know, a little spoiler for what we're doing in a, a few weeks time, then Jesus actually says to his followers, okay, now it's your turn. You guys go and do it. And um, as, we, as we read this passage today, I was thinking, you know, I wonder if as Jesus and his disciples were coming down the mountain, if Jesus said to them something like, you know, guys, really pay attention. Watch, watch what I do and learn from what I do because you're going to be doing this really soon. So um, what I want us to do, I'm going to read the, the passage that we're looking at now, which is Matthew 8, 1 to 17. And as I'm doing it, I just want you to, you know, close your eyes if you need to or look at, the, look at the text on the screen if that's easier and try to imagine that you're one of Jesus' followers and that you are trying to learn from watching Jesus with that knowledge that you're going to have to do it. And I think anytime you know that you're actually going to have to um, reproduce what's being shown to you, you kind of pay attention at this whole other, whole other level than if you're just... You know, if I watch a YouTube video on how to repair a motorcycle, that might be very interesting, but I'm, I'm never going to do it. So I'm not going to pay that much attention to it, you know. Um, but as, yeah, so just try to imagine that you are one of Jesus' followers and you're like, right, I really need to pay attention here because I'm going to be doing this too. So, um, so we're going to start from Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. 
I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. All right, so as a disciple of Jesus, what did you, what did you notice? Actually, does someone want to shut the door? Because the kids are quite noisy. Could be, can be obvious things, can be nuanced, detailed things. You know, what do you, what do you learn from watching Jesus as he does all this? Lil? I kind of feel like as a disciple, I have a lot to live up to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the bar's quite high. There's a lot of action. Mm-hmm. A lot of healing. Kids are healing. Yeah. Left and right. Everybody yeah. went to hospital. Yep, a lot of healing, a lot of action. Yeah, lots of people. He's really with a lot of people, isn't he? He has thoroughly walked in. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's kind of humbling that those who should have known all the bits and pieces are kind of shown up by this um, by the officer who just has a simple trust and, and uh, the Israelites or the you know, people who should have known all of the how the how all the bits work. It's almost like their familiarity had um, yeah, somehow they were blind to it that other people could see. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. as somebody who, you know, studies theology like mm-hmm. have to recognise that as a constant risk that you know, the kid who walks up and just believes that <laughs> and trusts in God has probably a much higher chance of, I don't know, mm. to, just a reminder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great that Jesus could be amazed by someone, isn't it? Like, it's curious that he says to the uh, first man, the leper, to go and make the sacrifice required by Moses. So we're trying to give a signal back to to, to something that right, we're yeah. not undoing what Moses did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, somehow this is mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I guess I just that's what I even said, but I just uh, stuck it to me that Jesus. There was no no question about uh, the fact that. 
He was going to hear what we just said. Yep, no worries. Yeah, no conditions, right? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, one thing that really stood out to me, and I guess it's sort of what Alina was getting at, is that this idea that Jesus, you know, he's just done the, this most massive amount of teaching, uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't go down the mountain and then just head home to spend a, a quiet evening or go home to, to write his book or whatever. Um, but he actually just is out there among people. And that was why I wanted us to call this series Jesus Among the People because I think that's, that's where we always see Jesus. He's always with people and he just loves people. Um, you know, we see him here interacting with people with so much warmth, so much kindness, you know, that yeah, absolute willingness to just say yes to whatever people were asking him to help with. Um, and, yeah, we just see that he just has this love for people and this heart for people um, that went, you know, way above and beyond even probably his own exhaustion levels or, um, you know, this little comment at the end about that evening, you know, many demon-possessed people were brought to him and he healed all the sick and cast out all the demons with a word. Um, that sounds pretty full on. Sounds like a lot of people, a lot going on there. But it seems to be what Jesus is on about, what he's all about, all about people. Um, another thing that I noticed is that these people came looking for Jesus and so they must have heard about him. They must have heard, someone must have told them. Someone must have told this Roman officer about this Jesus guy. Someone must have told the lepers somehow about, about this Jesus who might be able to help you. Um, and so I think, you know, for us as followers of Jesus, I think the big, a big take-home for us is that, you know, Jesus is among the people. And I remember when we first started church planting, I felt like Jesus actually said that to me, that I'm among the people. Um, and that that's where we need to be as well. And so we kind of wanted today also to just spend a bit of time um, I guess from this talking about about Alpha and why we're doing Alpha um, and then also some of the how it's all going to work and um, all that kind of thing. Um, you know, really we, like Jesus has such incredible love for all the people around us in Hornsby. And, you know, I think introducing someone to Jesus or inviting someone to come and find Jesus for themselves is the kindest thing you can do for another person. Just the kindest thing you can do is to invite someone to Jesus or introduce someone to Jesus. Um, but often we find that quite challenging. Either you know we don't know we don't know people well enough, or we don't we feel awkward about that. We don't we don't quite know how to do it. And so we really wanted to, um, I guess, as a whole group, as a as a team, if you like, to seek to do that together. And that's why we're wanting to do Alpha um, on a Sunday. So not just that a couple of people at Viva are off running Alpha during the week for someone, but actually all of us, um, all of us having a part to play. Um, so I thought I'd just explain a little bit about um, how it's, what we're thinking and how it will work. Um, and then you guys might have questions and we can sort of talk about that. And then we really want to spend some time praying as well. 
So, um, so like I said, our thought is that actually we're all going to do alpha together. And, um, and what the way that alpha works is get together. Um, it's not a normal church service. So we don't start with worship. We just start with food and some time to connect and, um, over a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. Um, our hope is that we'll have a number of people who don't normally come to church, but who, um, who various ones of us have invited to come to Alpha. And so it'll be a mixture of church people and also, also other people. Um, so we have some food, some time to connect. Um, then everyone sort of sits around tables in their sort of groups. We watch a video about a particular topic. Um, I think the first one is, is there more to life than this? Um, and then throughout the video, there are moments where we pause and we have some discussion and some conversation in those groups. And the idea is that each week you're in, with the same group of people going through. So you actually build some deeper relationships and um, people really hopefully feel confident to ask their questions and say what they really think and get to know each other at a, at a deeper level. Um, so... It will not be, it won't be like normal church. I mean, it'll be here and we'll still have um, kids going out and people looking after the kids, uh, but there won't be worship. Um, there won't be, won't be prayer. And I guess our hope is that through that time, the table groups will really be providing that space for all of us, you know, in terms of um, nourishing our own, our own walk with Jesus. Um, so does that sort of make sense about what Alpha would actually look like as we as we do it on a Sunday? Yeah. So yeah, that that will be the idea. So um, hopefully we'll be able to sort of pre-arrange what the what the groups are. Right. Sort of put people together who will you know hopefully connect with each other and um, work well together. Mm. Um, and each, each group will have sort of a main facilitator who helps facilitate the conversation. Someone else. Yeah, yeah, one of us, yeah. Um, and, yeah, then throughout the, throughout the video, there's actually, uh, we're using some different videos to the ones that you and I use. So it's the same ones, but then they've got sort of breaks in, in the middle where you stop and sort of discuss a particular question. Yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking if we do if if I do invite someone and they come, then will they will I be able to mediate that? And then obviously the answer is yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is if you bring someone, we put you in the same group as as them, unless you didn't think that was a good idea for, for whatever reason. <laughs> Don't put them with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so our thinking around this is that you know Alpha is really it's really a team thing. Um, it's not. It's not one or two people trying to make it happen. And actually, we just really want everyone to be involved, whether you have someone to bring or whether you don't. Um, maybe you'll have three or four people to bring, which is great. Uh, or maybe maybe the people that you ask, that you invite, say, oh, no, or it doesn't work for them or whatever. Um, but there, um, there are a bunch of different things, like a bunch of different parts to play, obviously, like helping with the food and the setup um there'll be some we'll need some people to help with kids although we are actually looking at getting a couple of people who normally do um, after school care to come and just run a fun kids program for the kids so that as many of us as possible can be in alpha um 
and yes, this way. So hosts, guests, participants. So it's all of us. Yep, running stuff for the kids. Um, we do think that providing childcare will make it possible for some people to come to Alpha who wouldn't come otherwise. Um, uh, but we really love, we really want to all do the journey together of seeking to invite people. Um, and I know for some of us, you we might be at different places in terms of like how many people, you know, whether you know a bunch of people who you could invite or whether you don't feel like your relationships are at that point. But it's kind of like we all want to be learning how to do mission together. And I really see that with Jesus and his disciples, that they were doing mission together. Jesus was showing them what to do and then he sends them out and they're doing it as well. But there's always very much this sense of, of team and of working together in that, um, which I think is, is actually really fun as well as being really, really powerful. Um, and then I guess the other thing that we really do want everyone to do is to pray. So I came across this quote this, this week, yesterday. You can organize until you are exhausted. You can plan, program, and subsidize all your plans. But if you fail to pray, it's a waste of time. And, you know, like we really know, and I'm sure you've all experienced too, that it's, you know, it's a huge thing for someone to um, even to explore faith in Jesus and then let alone to make decisions to change their life and to start following him. And our experience with running Alpha in the past is that prayer really makes a difference because, you know, the enemy is opposed to this on every level and will try to try to thwart it <laughs> um, in any way that he can. Um, and at the same time, God really wants us to walk in dependence on him. And I think nothing creates that trust and that dependence on God like, like prayer. So I actually wanted to ask everyone, if you're willing, um, to maybe pull out your phone, think of a time in the day that is going to work for you to just stop every day and spend five or 10 minutes praying for Alpha, both praying for the people that you want to invite, praying for other people in the church and other who might have shared with you who they want to invite or who they're reaching out to, or even just praying for them, even if you don't know who they're going to invite, um, and just praying for the time together, praying for God's protection over the logistics, praying that people's hearts would be prepared, you know, that their hearts would be softened because there's so much that the Holy Spirit needs to do in someone's life. You know, we can, we can do so much. Our part, I think, is to invite people and to, um, to share what we know to be true, to share what we've experienced of Jesus. But there's also so much that we just need, need God to do in people's hearts. And, um, you know, there's a bit of mystery around prayer, I think, but... Our experience says that the more we pray, the more stuff happens. And if we don't pray, not as much happens. Um, so I think there's a real invitation for us there to, um, yeah, to come together, to seek God, to pray. So we wanted to just take a few minutes now and maybe we'll just gather into like some smaller groups. Um, or should we just pray all together? What do you think? We're not a very big group. Anyway, maybe just to, to pray, to, to wait on God, to ask him. You know, we've spent the last few weeks looking at the Holy Spirit, at listening to the Holy Spirit, and we really want to hear what God is saying to us, you know, to hear 
the encouragement that the Holy Spirit has to give. Maybe he'll give you a scripture or a picture or, um, you know, some sort of encouragement for us as we, as we look at doing this. Um, but we really, yeah, just really want to rely on God. And um, I think we're probably all aware that, you know, we can't, we can't really see people come to faith just by trying hard, that there is this really supernatural element to it and we, we just need to be doing it in, in dependence on the Holy Spirit um, and then following his leading and his prompting about who to invite, how to invite, um, all that kind of thing. And we will talk about that more in over the next couple of weeks um, because at the moment we don't really want, I think it's actually better if we just at the moment are just praying um, before we even get to that stage of, of inviting people and all that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, maybe before we pray, did anyone have any any questions or just any feedback or thoughts about about doing Alpha? Nope. Okay. Cool. Well, um, not sure. Maybe maybe we should just break into two groups or something to pray. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think we're pretty small, so like we probably pray all together. All right. Cool. Alrighty. Then we don't have to move as well, so that's nice. Yeah, cool. All right, well, let's, yeah, let's just pray. Um, okay. What about it? That's true. It might not. That is, that's the elephant in the room, right? Or the room. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's the big thing. It, like, it is a real step. And, yeah, it might not. Yeah, yeah. So... Mm. And, you know, if it turns out that we get to the 7th of August and it's just church people here, well, we probably won't do it. We'll probably do something else, you know. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll have food we'll have it. We'll have some great food to eat on the 7th of August. What about yeah. this last question? Yep, this was exactly yeah. the question that was asked on Thursday night. Yeah. Not too sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we can have some actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll work it out when we get to it. If I think if it turns out that we, you know, each group the groups work best um if I guess the people who are exploring faith in Jesus, there's more of them in a group than Christians. So, my plan would be to our plan would be to sort of put those groups together first. And it might be that therefore, if we don't have that many guests, that we have one or two groups that are all church people. And I think if that's the case, we just see that as, well, this is training for mission. You know, this is training in how to have some of these conversations with people or how to, um, what sort of questions to ask. And so those groups might have slightly different discussion to what the, the groups that have more of the guests have going on. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't think so. No. Yeah. But, you know, we would just love to see, I would just love, I mean, love to see some people who I know. Because um, often with people, you might have a conversation about faith or whatever, but then what's the next step? Or how do you actually provide a way for them to really, um, really find out about Jesus and then and potentially even respond? 
And I've just found that Alpha is such a wonderful, welcoming, safe space for people to do that, where people can say their opinion, they can ask all their questions. It's not, it's not sort of a lecture. Um, it really is a discussion and a conversation. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, um, as we read your word, we see that you just loved people. You just loved being with people. You loved meeting them where they were at, showing them mercy, showing them kindness, and most of all, showing them the way to life and the way to the Father. And Lord, we know so many people who, um, who need to experience your kindness, Jesus, and who just don't know who you are or how wonderful you are. And so, yeah, Lord, we're, we're taking this risk, we're taking this step, and we really ask that you would be leading us, um, Holy Spirit, that you would come and be leading us in every part of the process, and that you would be taking us deeper into your heart for people who don't know you yet giving us your compassion, giving us your love for them. Mm 